Are you saying that Antifa is not showing up at all? And these are now peaceful protests for the last, you know, over a week, but in the beginning when we saw the violence, are you saying that Antifa wasn't there? Key Concepts of Message Perception, a teaching pamphlet by yours truly. What are messages? Messages are information that affect and alter your behavior. Now that information could be something you see on a screen, something you look at on a billboard, something that you notice in a tree, the sound that you hear in the distance. All that is information that you can interpret as a message. And after you interpret them or as you interpret them, they alter and affect your behavior. So knowing that, messages have economic and political power. People interpret messages differently. Messages are representations, not reality. Messages use different codes and styles. Messages influence our attitudes and behaviors. So on the first page, you open up the cover. That's the cover that I just read. We open up to practice one, a cell phone with a handy little remote screen. Key questions of media literacy. And media literacy is, you know how you have literacy to read a book? You say the, the population of such and such country is 99% literate or the illiteracy rate is low, that is usually talking about can people read words and understand them. But media literacy is that same ability to understand and use something, but about media. And media is like an advertisement, a song, a news report, a newspaper, a book, a magazine, a play that you see, something that communicates something to you, comes through a medium. So when we find ourselves face to face with a media message, we can ask ourselves as we consume it or watch it or listen to it, I wonder who made this? Who is the author? Why did they make it? What's the purpose? What techniques are they using to convey this message? Are they using like super bold fonts? Is the announcer shouting excitedly? Is there depressive, uh, scary music like it's very serious? What's the actual content? What are they really saying? What are they showing? What's in it? Who is there? Who's not there? What are they showing? What are they not showing? What are the contexts? So like, they're just presenting this information with no explanation. Uh, if you listen to this one song, you should be able to like it because you already have the context of the genre to appreciate the song. Uh, are they taking things out of context? You know, what, what are the clues that you don't have the full understanding of the context or what the context they're trying to present? And then, of course, is who is the target audience? Like, is this based on all these other things? Can, does it seem like it's a message that's targeted at you? If not you, then who is it targeted to? And who is it not targeted to? Who are they not even thinking about with the message? 
And that's the overview of practice one in a long way, but as you uh, might be able to see on the cell phone, John, we have the questions, who is the author and what is the purpose? You sort of like, the idea of this uh, phone design graphic is that you're holding your phone and looking at something. And so who is the author and what is the purpose? What techniques are used to attract and hold your attention? What lifestyles, values, and points of view are represented? And for this, I would say, think about uh, an impressive music video or your favorite music video. What lifestyles, values, and points of view are represented? How might different people interpret the message? And what is omitted or left out? What don't they keep or don't they say or don't they show in the message? So now we're on to propaganda. Propaganda is wild, yo. It, um, it's really wild. There's a history to it. it. It came out of the First World War. It's very, you know, it's a very murky place. But, um, so, something that you cannot do without the approval of the masses, that supposedly requires propaganda. According to propaganda makers, and especially this man, Richard Bernays, nephew of Sigmund Freud, legitimizer of the work of propaganda, that's what this man thinks, is that you can't do something without the approval of the masses. And to do those things, you have to use propaganda. You have to manufacture their consent. Um, so this includes positive propaganda like pandemic awareness campaigns, and negative propaganda like fear-mongering campaign ads and shit like, uh, and stuff like... <laughs> Motorcycles didn't like my cursing. Um, this includes stuff like Amazon news coverage, like you turn on the channel 6 News or whatever, the evening news, and there's a news story uh, about Amazon, but it, it doesn't actually include anybody who's, who works in the factories, you know? So it excludes the employee perspectives. That's propaganda too. Propaganda appeals to emotions rather than facts, which is something that I think a lot of us on social media can attest to or understand um, is that we have been in, some of us may have been in a lot of very impassioned and emotionally turbulent arguments with people disputing facts, you know? But I think we might be hand, we might be dealing with propaganda. So think about that. Um, and also, this means that when you have a strong emotional reaction to someone, or you feel really hyped or really charged, like you gotta go do something about that. That's a strong emotional reaction. Or you feel really like just totally checked out or numbed out or like whatever. That's that's a strong emotional reaction too, in a way I would say. So when you interface with something, you, you see a message or you hear something and it makes you have a strong reaction like that, just see about what, where that is coming from. Is it something that like is really a, a fact or is it something that's not true, something that's being suggested to you? And what can you do about it then? It's important to question your reactions to media messages. If not, identify the source of the emotion. Also, the more something is repeated, the more it can seem true. 
this means like a, a you know a advertising slogan some phrase that they use in the news like officer involved shooting um when it's really like police kill shoot and kill somebody a cop has killed somebody by shooting them that's an officer police involved incident you know the more they repeat stuff like that the more they remove it from what's really going on or that is a tactic that that is used by people in power so the more something is repeated the more true it can seem so for this reason it's a powerful practice to use your own words when repeating information or describing something because once you once you put yourself to the task of explaining something to somebody else in your very own words you'd be deliberate to describe it with the first words that come to your mind rather than try to repeat what you heard like a rote exercise or something if you say it from your heart if you describe something from your heart you will understand as you're speaking sometimes what's really going on so when you repeat something in your when you say something and you're like damn that's what it is like oh it's crazy <sighs> on that note look for a diversity of sources on any claim before sharing where does the message come from so we're all in the misinformation era there's like people that need good information in these uh uprising times and all that covid times you know we need to know what's really good and so it's very good practice to begin going the extra step to check who the if you're like gonna you see something on Twitter or Instagram or you just hear a fact from somebody and you're about to repeat it to somebody else, take a minute, take a moment, like make this a practice to go look at who it was that posted it and go look at their not just the specific thing that they're saying, but go look at their whole account page, go look at their bio, scroll at their other content, see if they follow anybody when they joined. You know, look at the whole website. Look if they have an about page. See what the comments of their articles say. And then you get a better... And see who see who their sources are. And read the original source. Because people like to cherry pick and take things out of context. Or they can very easily. So when you decide you're going to reshare information, take the extra step. Where does the message come from? The word propaganda itself has its roots in a Latin word to describe the activity of propagating the Catholic faith in non-Catholic countries after the 1622 Counter-Reformation, which was a reaction to the Protestant Reformation. So like the age of exploration, quote unquote, you know, the age of colonization and destruction and apocalypse on the rest of the world, the age of, quote, exploration is going on and the Catholic Church is like, oh shit, the Protestants got one up on us. We have to propagate the faith. There's too much opportunity out here with all these colonies and savages and stuff. We, we need to have the Catholic foot in the door, and we need to propagate the faith. And that's where the word propaganda comes from, which I just find so fitting as a, as a raised Catholic, former Catholic. Now we're in the middle of the handout. Practices number two. Here we have some text on the left-hand side, and on the right-hand side is another uh, iPhone or cell phone, smartphone 
app message box, um, which is sort of like, you know, physical <laughs> aid or whatever. There's different buttons for reality check, private gain or public good, what's left out, values check, read between the lines, stereotype alert, solutions to easy or record and save for later. And the other, that's like some of the apps on the phone design. And then below it is like news media, websites, all these little icons, TV, movies, apps, podcasts, comics, books, music, social media, video games, and lovingly an off button. Woo, turn it off. So for practices two, I want everybody in this moment to think of a song or music video that's really hot right now or that you've been listening to and like the message in the song maybe or just think of a song think of a movie or a hot movie that's going around that you haven't seen yet but you've seen the ads for think of a headline an infographic going around an advertisement you keep being exposed to news segments online statements etc and I want you to answer the following and I recommend downloading the little zine printout of this so you can do it on your own time because I think I'll go too fast just reading them off. So with your, with your media in mind, reality check. Does this media represent reality? What are your clues? What is it representing? Why? Next, private gain or public gain. Who is this media message beneficial to? Yeah, like who who's really being talked to in the song? Who's really being talked to in the in the movie? Like who's the target audience? Is is what they're talking about is it really just going to benefit like the landlords? Is it going to benefit the energy companies, the drug companies, or are the people going to gain? Are the, is it going to be public gain? Are the schools going to get money? The public schools. The streets. Next, what's left out of this media message? How can I tell? Next, values check. What values are being presented and in what way? Uh, for me, this is like turn on the, the TV news and they have some heartwarming stories serve it's based in Philadelphia but it's always about these wholesome white usually Catholic suburbs and it's the values of the you know it's their values and they, they that's why they get the coverage because they're valued so that's a values check what values are being presented and in what way and again what's left out how can I tell Next, read between the lines. What is the actual message here? Stereotype alert. Why are certain people or places shown in the way that they are? Next, solutions too easy. Do the solutions offered seem like they'll really work? Why or why not? How do you know? And Solutions Too Easy is really good for use on singing songs of what they're selling on the radio ads, uh, on the TV ads, like any time, most ads that 
that are offering you something just does it seem like it's too easy because things are hard things are actually hard they require they're not if they're not hard they require a lot of effort and concentration so if the solutions don't require effort and concentration you might want to rethink what you're getting into and next, record or save for later. Is this message even important to me? Is there any value in holding on to it for later? Do I need to be thinking about this like after I've seen it this one time? No, I, I don't. So I'm just gonna say farewell and not think about it again. Not be caught up thinking about it. Or was there something in there that made me wanna, wanna like pay more attention to it later on? Hmm. Now we're at practices number three. You have the ability to access, analyze, evaluate, create, and act using all forms of communication, all forms. To do so, you must become adept at perceiving your surrounding contexts. And the, that means where you are what is going on around you? And that can be people, things, environments, feelings, greater events, anything like that. Perceive your contexts. So let's go down the list here. Access. This is still all about media or information, information and messages. Access, what kind of content are you absorbing or were you absorbing and how did you get to it? Like why, yeah, you find yourself feeling all messed up after spending several hours doom scrolling or whatever. And it's like, how did I get here? How did I get here? Why did I let myself look at this much stuff? I knew it was agitating me and making me, I know it affects me. Why did I do this? And then it's like, maybe you should put your phone away. Maybe you should close your computer, have some firm boundaries. Or did you access it because you were riding a bus and you rode by the one advertisement spot that you always look at? Or, you know, there's all kinds of things like that. Did you get it on Facebook? Was it a targeted ad? Like, how did it get to you? Next, analyze. Were you making sense of its messages? So for me, I get advertised on my little Instagram, these bourgeois sock companies, and all their images are like pleasing colors and selling comfort. Uh, and what I analyze about it is that it's selling comfort because what you need right now is comfort and a comfortable life and our socks will provide you a comfortable life and you're going to spend money on the socks because you don't have anywhere to go and you just want to stay hold in through the pandemic which that is a fairly pessimistic critical analysis you could also be like damn right bitch i need some comfortable socks because i'm stressed out <laughs> And that's how you make sense of the message. But analyze. Analyze the message nonetheless. Next, evaluate. Were you aware? 
that each message was created by someone with their own goals and opinions. So did you ever stop to think like, wait, you know, like somebody put this here in front of me and made it look in this way that somehow they know I, I respond to and, you know, I don't appreciate this, you know, slipping this in front of me while I'm doom scrolling and they want me to buy their damn socks while I'm feeling bad and they know I'll be, uh, you know, I'll like give in to buying some socks because I feel bad and I want to soothe myself. I got my unemployment check and all that, you know, <laughs> evaluate, evaluate, be like, what, who, somebody made this, they made it to sell socks. They don't care about what I'm really feeling, you know, somebody else's goals and somebody else's opinions are behind the messages that you come in contact with. So think about that. Next, when you create media, like a blog post or Instagram post, what is your responsibility to those who view and interact with it? So for create, I'm like, do you find yourself like getting angry and like rage posting and then all these people like check in on you or fight with you and then you find yourself like a few days into being all caught up in this or did you say something wild and then it caused a tizzy and you don't care because it's not about you and all this stuff or <laughs> maybe that's going in a little bit but um for me, a lot of this responsibility to the media that you create is about the types of messages that you repeat. So, I think I see this a lot in like, sort of like queer or anarchist merchandise where there's sayings like, like, I don't know. I can't even think of a good one. But slogans that are like, uh, don't sit with us, or um, we hate you, or that like, that like, goth girl, like, I don't know what to call that, that like misanthropic, nihilistic, sarcastic, suburban, teen angst stuff, which I think is fine. If I saw it on a teenager, I'd be like, okay, kid, like, you angsting, I get it. But on like, grown 34-year-old, like, feminist or whatever, and they're like, don't sit with us. And then you live in like a black neighborhood and you're walking around with this patch. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they understand your, um, you're like, fuck the patriarchy, uh, angst with that patch. Did you think about what other people would think when confronted with that on your back patch? I don't know. Those are some examples of thinking about <laughs> your responsibility for the things that you put out in the world. And next, act. What do you do with all the information you just received? Which is to say, perhaps it's worthwhile making conscious decisions to interact with messages and media so that you can act on them in the ways that you feel positive and the ways that you feel in control and the ways that you feel in service to your surrounding context, your environment, your people, your neighborhood, etc. Now we're at the exercises. This is when you're gonna um, 
get your little journal out or whatever. I don't, I, I call things little because I think it's cute, but I don't mean to demean if, you know, you're like, I have a big journal, okay? So <laughs> here's exercises. All these practices, they become techniques that we are able to use when we go to create our own messages. So it's been cool that I've been reading this out loud and giving examples, but I highly suggest I command or demand or whatever. If you're in my dojo, then you must do these practices now. Do them again on your own time and then come back and do these exercises. First exercise. Make a persuasive slogan for a complex theory or topic for... It's, it's summer in Philly. Um, make a persuasive slogan for a complex theory or topic for one, a target audience that is completely unfamiliar with the topic, two, a target audience that may be familiar with related concepts but they're averse to yours, or they don't really fuck with yours. Make a persuasive slogan for that. Next exercise, make a message that informs a neighborhood about a new mutual aid project. You are not from the neighborhood. How will you distribute the message? How can you incentivize people to participate? And remember from practice three, what is your responsibility to those people who will interact with the message you create? Next exercise, create a concept, message, or image that entertains the onlooker. The onlooker is always in a vehicle driving by a busy intersection in 25 mile per hour traffic. Now create a concept or message that can entertain them at that speed and distance. Next exercise, Take your favorite show, comic book, book plot, and change one trait about each character or the story aspect, or a little of both. For example, the disabled sidekick is now the main character, or the setting is no longer a fantasy kingdom, but an autonomous city in the near future or the recent past, etc. How do the values and motives of the story that you took change when these small differences come up? How do the values and motives of the story change when you change the smaller details as such? So those are some exercises. Again, spend some time with those. And now we're on the final page of this little pamphlet, Zine John. Some parting words or some parting games Parting words, media and information perception requires questioning all forms of authority. Content game, who is the hero? Who is the villain? Who is the victim? Who is forgotten? Media and information perception is unique to place and culture. Purpose game, does this inform? Does this entertain? Does this persuade? Does it do them all or does some of them or something else? Messages constructed by people, aka human beings, 
are inherently selective and incomplete, such as the nature of language and the written word and the things that capture time. This scene was created in, quote, Philadelphia in, quote, July, quote, 2020, under Imperial Linear Calendar, by yours truly. Enjoy. No, I think that it only makes sense because inherently a large factor in in Antifa ideology is anti-racism. So I would say there's a very good chance that people who, you know, call themselves Antifa would be at these protests. However... As you stated, the evidence suggests that there is, well, there is no evidence to link any people who are with Antifa to any of the the looting or property destruction. And that's, you know, based on the FBI internal report. It's based on the uh, protest-related indictments reported by the Daily Beast. Um, And there's just no evidence to say that's the case. What the evidence points to is that the small bits of looting or property destruction is really more from local um, opportunists, you know, just regular old criminals that we've always had. It's not, you know, Antifa. But what are you hearing might be the danger of armed whites showing off to fight off this invisible Antifa force that they say, you know, is coming to their town to be violent when in fact they're not coming? And what you have instead are peaceful protesters, as we've seen for days now. Is there a concern that at some point some of those peaceful protesters might get accused of being Antifa, as we saw in Buffalo with the elderly man that President Trump says was an Antifa member? And he wasn't. He was member of a, a longtime member of a peace organization. 